Super Fan Con is a convention for fans of the CW Supergirl TV series that will be held in Vancouver, British Columbia during the weekend of September 8th through the 10th, 2017. If you're interested in attending, you can get 10% off past purchases that are $100 or higher by entering our promo code SGRADIO10. That's SG Radio 10 in the coupon code field at checkout on their website. For more information on tickets, guests, the venue, and schedule information, visit superfanconventions.com. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season two episode of the show titled Star-Crossed. But first, let's get to the news. Katie McGrath, who plays Lena Luthor on Supergirl, has been promoted to series regular for season three. So, Morgan, what are your thoughts on this? <laughs> you, you, you're probably pretty excited about this, I would, I would guess. Yeah, I, I was, like, crying on Twitter. I was, like, I'm so happy, like, incoherent sobbing. Um, I'm, I think I'm a pretty vocal fan of the character, um, so I'm really happy that the, that she's going to be on next season. And I'm, and I'm, you know, we've talked a lot about the drawbacks to this season, but I'm hoping that, like, next season maybe a little bit more streamlined maybe she gets a little bit more of a of a character journey a little bit more screen time so that'd be great i i'm really looking forward to it lena's like one of my favorite characters from the season yeah i think the opportunity to have more time with her i think will be good because I think Lena Luther is a character, because we've talked about, you know, does she have some sort of hidden agenda? Does she, does she not? Um, so I think if she did, which I secretly still hope she does, <laughs> um, if she did, there would be more opportunities to play that kind of thing out if she had more time. Like, I'm hoping that in season three, she has more screen time and she has more focus. And with her being a series regular, maybe that is... A way to do that. So I'm hoping they'll yeah. give her more story and more time and develop more of the relationship between Kara and Lena and develop that friendship. Because sometimes in these episodes, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we were gonna go hang out. But then like, that kind of sort of happens off screen. <laughs> so yeah, we never like we never see them actually hang out. Uh, I think that if they're gonna talk about them being like friends, we have to actually see them. And this is like a crazy thought, but but actually be friends. Uh, uh, yeah, like, 
we, you know, we see the sisters like doing Netflix binges and and going to the unnamed alien bar and like you know doing sisterly stuff. So we understand their relationship. We just see Lena and Kara talk about the fact that they are friends, like in a very vague and non-specific way. Like, are they friends? Like the person that you kind of like you bang into every six months and like maybe you get a drink with? Are they friends? Like you know they're binging like the wire. I like, I don't know what level they're at. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would be more invested in it if we actually got to see them be friends. I'm, I'm with you on that. So hopefully, and maybe next season we, cause Lena's had a little bit of a story with project Cadmus and, and Lillian and her mother, but she hasn't really had her own story. So I would, I would hope for her if she was a series regular, she would get some kind of story of her own. Yeah, I'm hoping that next season they make her more of a of like a main character um, on the show because, you know, regardless of what they're going to do with her, I think that she needs to be more of a presence. Uh, like we were talking about the friendship aspect, like they're friends, but we don't ever see them do anything like friendly uh, unless the plot calls for it. Right. So, I, I yeah, I'd like to see more about her life. Like what does she do outside of um, – getting rescued by Supergirl in very romantic fashions. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I I want to know more about Lena, so I'm very excited. Season three, more Lena Luthor. We'll get to see her some more, so hopefully we'll we'll get some stuff for her next season. But as far as the episode we're going to talk about, we're going to be talking about Starcrossed, and here is the official description. A new villain, guest star Terry Hatcher, comes to National City, putting Supergirl on high alert. Meanwhile, Wynn's girlfriend Lyra gets Wynn in trouble with the law. Maggie attempts to help Wynn, but old loyalties get in the way. The music meister, guest star Darren Chris, attacks Supergirl. So uh, we got to see some good Terry Hatcher in this episode. Very exciting. A little Terry Hatcher and a little Kevin Sorbo. So uh, Morgan, what did you think about their characters, uh, Queen Rhea and King Largand of Daxum? They were fun. I I liked them. They were evil, but like low key, like low key <laughs> evil. They were like just basically just like throwing shade at Kara. Like like it wasn't it wasn't an all out like evilness. It was just that they were kind of rude. <laughs> like they had her over for dinner, but then they were like, "LOL, your planet's awful." <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, but I I liked it. I feel like you know if you're gonna have somebody be be like underhanded kind of frenemy style <laughs> evil you're gonna go to terry hatcher like that's in her wheelhouse she can do that. uh and she was great i thought she was really fun this episode um kevin sorbo was less of a presence uh probably um just because there was more Terry Hatcher, which I'm never going to complain about. Uh, but I thought that th- I thought they were they were interesting. I, I, I want to see more of them. I like that the description gave it away that they're villains, even though they <laughs> they came in this episode not specifically as villains, just as like Monel's parents, like that are like, like, hey, son, what up? But like, <laughs> they're just so obviously like obviously evil <laughs> that the description was like, whatever, we're just going to give that away. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true. They are just his parents trying to come get him. But I will say that the uh, first thing that we hear of from Qu- Queen Rhea is uh, a man of steel. 
basically, it was basically a Man of Steel scene uh, just with General Zod. Um, she basically ripped off General Zod in that movie uh, when she uh, comes on all the monitors and all the TV screens and she's like, to his captors, we demand you turn over Monel of Daxum. That's, that's kind of a villain move. So maybe oh, they. Yeah. Whenever someone takes over all the TV screens in like an area, you know that that's like not usually like a chill person. <laughs> that's not we come in peace. No, that's that's we're taking over all of your communication. <laughs> we have this power over you. Um, yeah, so maybe they just figured, you know, that's at the top of the episode. We'll just throw that in there in the description. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, it was funny that. You mentioned how they were, like, digging at the Kryptonians. They talked about Kryptonians a lot during their little dinner. Like, Queen Rhea jokes, like, they never really called her Kara or Supergirl. They just kept calling, like, referring to her as Kryptonian. And I thought that was a little, it was a little rude. Like, it she, was. Like, I, w- I wanted her to be like, I'm right here. Yeah, I have a name. I'm not just my whole people. I do have a name. Like Queen Rhea jokes that uh, Monel had been distracted by Kryptonians and capes. And then she made mention of that famous Kryptonian exaggeration, which I'm I'm curious about that. I want to know what that's about. Uh, But yeah, they did talk about the Kryptonians and how the Kryptonians, uh, Rhea uh, blames the Kryptonians for destroying Daxum. Which, uh, I don't know if that was fully explained. I know that the Daxmites and the Kryptonians don't like each other very much, or didn't like each other, R.I.P. Krypton. Uh, but there there seemed to be something there. I don't know if we'll get that story. I don't think we've gotten that story as of yet. I, I thought maybe it was just that they just generally don't like each other. Like, I don't know, like, you know how some, like, countries have, not like, big rivalries but like small rivalries like i i kind of got that impression just that they basically they weren't like at war but they just like they're like ugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, with uh, possibly with some really good reasons when it came to daxum because it sounds like on daxum like slavery was happening and that their royal family does not seem like all that nice they're they're not real upstanding they don't seem to be very selfless or uh caring about people like keeping them drunk so they wouldn't see how oppressed they were that's not great (laughs) yeah although i mean i will say in daxum's defense uh small that it is they didn't actually blow up their planet true Um, so maybe they are winning that one (laughs) (laughs) they did do something right there like is a race that. to the bottom between those two planets, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, I sort of got the the impression that maybe Kryptonians, or at least from the Daxamite perspective, that maybe they thought that Kryptonians thought they were better than them somehow. That's kind of the way Queen uh, Rhea came off to Kara. Like, she seemed to, um, Rhea made mention of, like, Oh, you think you're better than Monel? So I think she she might have some of that um, old past coming into play when she talks to Kara. So yeah, I was very intrigued by the Kryptonian Daxamite relations and the uh, the way that they all handled that little family dinner on the ship <laughs> uh, that didn't uh, seem to go so well. 
Um, and I also, in terms of uh, Hercules, in terms of Kevin Sorbo, I just really want, I just want to call them Lois and Hercules. I know, me too. I, I'm trying to refer to them as Queen Rhea and, and King uh, Larkin, because those are I don't think their I names. even, like, picked up on their actual names during the episode. I was just like, what is Hercules doing now? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, like Lois Lane. I did have one problem with uh King Largan's name uh or Largand if you want to pronounce it that way um that's actually Monel's name in the comics so oh, really I don't know exactly maybe Monel's like junior maybe so I was really confused by that because uh, I'm I'm sure that that is a reference to Monel's comic book adaptation or comic book version incarnation but I, I was very confused by, by that so i don't know so, if monel's real name like if like he, maybe he is a junior maybe he's the second i don't know so in the comics is monel not his name is that like his title so in the summer we're definitely going to have to do a character spotlight on monel yeah. to learn more because i uh, admittedly don't know as much as i would like to um but from what I can remember, from what people have told me, is that, and listeners can chime in uh, and, and send us some feedback, but so Superman finds Monel and he finds him, I think, on a Monday, and so he wants to name him after, like, himself. <laughs> uh, so he, you know, Monday, the Mon. So that's where, like, the pronunciation comes in. Is it actually Monel? Like Monday, like some people pronounce. So I think that the Monel part of his name is is actually what Superman calls him, but Largand is his real name from where where he's from, I guess, from Daxum. So, so did he not remember his name, or was Superman just like, no, no, your name is Monel now? Yeah, I guess he I just <laughs> he just got renamed. Um, so I, I like the, I like the idea better that he was like no no my name's like my my name's Largan he's like not anymore <laughs> <laughs> this is what you will be from now, now. on <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we'll we'll have to do um, another spotlight in the summer to go over Monel's character history to to learn more about that because I'm I'm now very confused about know, his too, origins but I'm interested what did you think about uh, Queen Rhea showing up and and chatting with Kara what did you think about their interactions about Monel. Yeah, so I definitely thought that the episode was going towards like Monel having the realization that his people needed him and his parents were kind of trash when it comes to like ruling a planet, but <laughs> he <laughs> but he's learned a lot of valuable lessons and like maybe he should go back and like be the ruler of um of you know, the the people from Daxum who are left, who he didn't, you know, like, jump over on the way to the pod. <laughs> um, but that's not how it went, obviously. But I was like, oh, okay, like, he's gonna, like, he's gonna have a realization that this is where he should be with his people. No, no, that's not, that's not how that's going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still have hope. Maybe by the end of the season, he'll come to that realization or all the Daxon people will turn out to be evil and try to kill him that um, well I think the first option um <laughs> although the second one the second option could come into play but I think the first one could be a good ending for him if he decided 
hey, I, I, I need to go and serve my people and do this right that, you know, in a way that my parents never did. I think that would be actually a good ending for him if that's what they uh, chose to do. So they, they have introduced that option that he could be the future of the da- the Daxmites. Um, but yeah, I was really... Cora even says, you know, your people are, are here and they're alive and I would give anything to have my people back. And he was like, yep, my people, whatever. Anyway, let's get back to our relationship. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he, he's he got some stuff to work on. He's got some stuff to work out. Yeah. He's not quite there yet. Yeah. He's, he's still cooking. He's still in the oven. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but Rhea seems very determined to, you know, try to get him to go back. And I, I was... I was very surprised, actually, that she, you know, like we joked about how they called her evil or called her a villain in the description. Well, she seemed to try to, even though she was really snotty with Kara, she did try to lean into the fact that Monel was dating her and was trying to use her to be like, hey, you need to convince my son to do this. <laughs> so I was, I was very surprised that she was trying to cooperate with Kara. And I did notice, um, I know we talk about this a lot where like, you know, moments when Kara takes off her glasses are important. And when she talked to Rhea on that DEO balcony, she took her glasses off. And I thought that was really interesting. I don't know what it means, but maybe she, you know, wanted to be, you know, herself in that moment. Maybe that was her being a Kryptonian with her. I don't know. But I, I just thought that was an interesting thing to note her taking off the glasses that's a really interesting point because i think she was like pretty vulnerable in that moment uh because i think a part of her was kind of realizing like she might have to let go of this relationship like even besides all of like the lying and stuff like here's this guy's mother like saying like you know we need him back and his people need him back and car is always the kind of person who will put like the mission or put other people's um like, you know, safety and security and that kind of stuff over, like, what she personally wants. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. I don't know what is going to happen with Monel and his villain parents. I don't know where it's going, but <laughs> it's it's very intriguing at this point. Um, and speaking of Kara and Monel, what are your feelings about what transpired with him? Because this is, this is the episode where, I mean, we've kind of known this because Carly predicted it a long time ago so we we kind of knew a long time before Gar did that Monel was actually the Prince of Daxon but in this episode she finds that truth out so what were your thoughts about her finally getting to learn the real story about why Monel left Daxon yeah it was one of those things where I kind of felt like oh we're just we're just finding this out formally. Like, I I don't think, like, Carly is obviously, like, she's super on point when it comes to predicting things. Uh, But I think even at this point, I would have figured it out. Like, and I'm not the kind of person who tries to predict things. So I feel like maybe this, like, revelation should have happened a couple episodes ago. Because at this point, like, my, my thought was like, oh, okay, we're finally getting to this. Like, I feel like the audience has been there, um, like, way ahead of where the story was, which is usually a problem. Uh, But I was glad that she finally found out, obviously. And I was glad that she got to be as angry about it in this episode as she was, because I think, like, rightfully so. Oh, for sure. I mean, she'd been lied to. 
<clears throat> for months. For, for and, like, a long time, yes. And he had so many opportunities to tell her the truth, like an endless amount of opportunities to tell her the truth. There's really no downside in just telling her the truth. And yet, I guess Kara was so just in the relationship, she just kind of went with it. Um, but yeah, I, I think she was rightfully surprised, rightfully angry, rightfully ticked off. And um, she's upset about the lying, but for her, it's that's not the most important thing. It's also that Monel led a cruel planet. Like she can't get past that. And I think there's some of that Kryptonian Daxamite stuff that that bleeds through that she she can't imagine this guy that she's been seeing is now this leader of this planet that was just so awful in her mind. And so I I feel really bad for her because she did get lied to for a very long time. And now she has to deal with what this information, because she says it changes everything. And it does. It changes a lot about their relationship. Um, what did you think about, uh, I know I know we talked about, you know, we, we learned more about the, the real true story of why he got into the pod and <laughs> left Daxum. So did, did that sort of play out the way you thought it would? I mean, I feel like if the show's um, goal is to make us care more about Monel, it's doing a really bad job of it. Like, here's this character that like a lot of people already don't care for, and then you're gonna flash. You're gonna. T- it's gonna turn out that he's been lying to her the whole time, which we've all, a lot of us have have figured. And then when you get to the flashback of him like escaping the planet, he like literally leaves the girl that he was sleeping with to die as she yells, please don't leave me. (laughs) Then he runs. He like literally like practically stepped on a couple of people on the way to this pod. Like there was, oh my God, it was so rough to watch. I was just so irritated. I was like, really? It was like Monel at peak awfulness it was like peak monel uh in that in that moment and like clearly he's learned a lot since he's been with Kara. but oh man like i just don't i just don't get what they're if they're trying to make us i don't know like from a writing perspective i feel like they keep on trying to tell us like but he's like a better dude and then they'll just show us something where he's doing something awful and i'm like do you guys get that this is really bad, right? <laughs> like, I think a lot of this episode for me was like slightly tainted by the musical episode because, <laughs> uh, which sounds weird because I did really enjoy the musical aspect of it. But so we have this whole big um, Cara and Monel relationship thing where she is rightfully furious at him. She like, she does the the thing I was hoping she would do. It's like stand up for herself, say like, I'm worth more than this. I'm not like just going to let you lie to me. This is like not a small thing to me and like breaks up with him. And literally not even 24 hours later, they're back together and they're like giggling and kissing each other. And I just feel like half the season has led up to this um, revelation and to just have the fight and the the makeup happened not even on Supergirl. Like next yeah. episode, 
presumably they're just going to magically be back together. So I hope you watch the crossover. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be, I would imagine that most people watch both shows, both Supergirl and the flash, but some people might not. So it would, I mean, I'm sure that there are people who just watch Supergirl. I would assume a lot of those people would have just tuned in for that episode of the flash, like knowing it was the musical crossover, but like, there are definitely going to be some people who didn't get around to it. And they're just going to be like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> I it's, did something big. <laughs> it's definitely a, a, a development that if you didn't understand what happened, you would be like, what the heck? So sometimes I, when they do those big things during the crossovers, that's that's kind of not the, the wisest choice. I, I think crossovers should probably be their own, you know, s- separate story. But yeah, that's a good point that the the reuniting of Kara and Monel didn't even happen on Supergirl. So yeah, that's, that's and and they've been working up to this revelation and this and the fallout from it. So that to the revelation at least for like the entire season, uh, and then the fallout from it got to last for um, like when did she break up with him? Like. I guess in the Supergirl universe, like two minutes, right? Because she broke up with him. And then the episode basically ended right after that. And the next week's episode, presumably they'll be back together because of the the musical crossover. So there is really no fallout, even though it's been leading up to this big revelation. It's kind of like um, the, like the definition of anticlimactic. <laughs> yes. Cause even in season one, when Alex had to murder Astra, when she had to kill Astra, like there was a big fallout from uh, Kara having to learn the truth, and they sort of stretched that out for a little bit. So they're, they've they've done a better job of that. Uh, even even for me, you know, I, I like Kara and Monel, and it's fine. Like I'm I'm I could go with it or not go with it, whatever. You know, I just want Kara to be happy. But it, it, it even to me, it was just like what. So, I think I think for me for that super for that uh the crossover at least the most jarring thing was like having them be so happy at the end of the crossover. Uh, I don't think I'm spoiling it. I, I would assume that people have watched both of those uh, both of the episodes. But like after she comes out of that of the the musical, she her and uh, Monel are like kissing. They're like giggling. They're joking around. I'm like, you should still at least be like a little pissed. Like there should be some residual pissedness here. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that's maybe that's coming in the next episode. Uh, maybe maybe she won't uh, let him get away with it that easily. But it, it was very strange, and I, I will say that for Monel, I do think you know I think what they are trying to do is what you mentioned that they're trying to show his past and how awful he was in his past and and how he's much he's much different now like he even i the the one scene that i really liked in starcrossed uh with monel was actually the scene where he stood up to his parents and he said that you know he he tells them that he detests who he was on Daxum and that he was ignorant and blind to all the people around him and that now he's tired of taking the easy way out. So I think that they are trying to show that he is a changed person, but it is, you know, it, I can understand that if you didn't already like him, seeing him at his worst on Daxum is probably not the best. Doing that, like the episode before getting them back together, like you show him at his worst 
if you're committed to this, like having this relationship play out, you would show him at his worst and then have like a little bit of time for them apart before they would get back together. I just like we had just seen basically the worst of Monel, and then to see like them get back together like it was nothing. There's like literally no fallout or repercussions. <laughs> Yeah, and they they made a uh, I guess we can kind of talk about the uh the breakup a little more in in detail um because they were I felt like they were paralleled a little bit to Lyra and Wynn in this episode and Wynn makes a point to tell Carr he gives her some some decent advice about how you know what Lyra does to him uh, is is you know she she did it because she was looking out for her brother and she wanted to save her brother. And he tells Kara that 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 kind of girl is worth forgiving. And so he talks to her about forgiveness. And I think that forgiveness would have been a cool thing to play up with Kara if she had kind of dwelt uh, dwelt on it a little bit and, and she had um, considered considered it for a little longer. Um, the fact that she forgave him so quickly is is something that I, I find uninteresting. Like I think yeah. it, I think it would I think it would be much more uh, engaging to watch for me if she really had to sort of stew on how do I forgive somebody and what is it like to forgive somebody who's really hurt me. But it, it went so quickly that you didn't really get anything from Kara. Um, and even with Monel, like he he comes clean with her and he goes. One of the things I didn't really like about Monel is that he just kind of lets himself into her apartment. Like, oh no. my god, that annoyed me so much. <laughs> I was like, you can't just. And I, I know, like you've been staying over there and everything, but you can't just like, especially like if she's upset with you, just don't don't let yourself in. That's Call not, first. That's her apartment. Don't don't do that. Um, but I, you know, I appreciated that he he came clean with her and that he. He really kind of told her, you know, I, I was this spoiled, useless person. I was terrible. Um, and he he tries to let it out about the way he used to be and try to make the case that he was a changed person because of her. But we never really got a lot of her reaction. We just saw her upset and crying and mad. And so I think this would have been a good chance to show Kara learning how to be more forgiving so I, I think that's a little bit of a missed opportunity for me. Yeah, and it's interesting that you you mentioned the Wynn and Lyra parallels because I when I when I was watching the episode, I definitely noticed them, and then I kind of forgot them until you mentioned it. But I think that they were I saw the way that they set up the parallels, but I think that they're kind of forced parallels because in the Wynn and Lyra example, she was doing a lot of what she was doing because her brother was in trouble and she was trying to save him. In the Monel example, the person he's trying to save is himself, essentially, <laughs> from an awkward conversation. Like, there's no, it's not like somebody's going to die if he actually told Kara the truth. Like, if he had been upfront with her from the start, basically, we don't know. Like, she, they might have still ended up together because she saw some good in him or something. But he basically lied to her because it was more convenient. Um, and when she confronts him about it, like, were you ever going to tell me the truth? He had the decency to at least basically admit that he wasn't. Yeah, he 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 basically says like I don't know if I would have told you, and that would, and that's a, that's another good example, Morgan, of how you mentioned how like they're not 
taking the steps. Like if we're supposed to like Monel, that yeah, that's been, not how <laughs> that that would have been a good chance for him to be like, I thought about it all the time. Yeah, like I want it to all the time, and I was I was going to, and I was planning on it, and, I, and he, know, I had a five step plan. Just <laughs> tell you the truth. I wrote it out loud. He pulls it out. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it down in my diary. Yeah, I think I said this on the um the the crossover episode that we did the other night with uh with the people from the Flash podcast, but I think that this would be more forgivable in a character who wasn't so consistently messing up. Like if this was his big thing, like if this was his big um like flaw. I could see, I could definitely see the argument like, well, Lakara, you know, he's a good guy otherwise, and sometimes you have to forgive people their mistakes. But literally every episode involves Monel doing something stupid or um, jerk like, and Kara teaching him, like, that's not how people are supposed to act. <laughs> and he's like, okay, that's how decency works. And then the next episode happens, and he does. All, sometimes the same thing even like he'll not listen to her or he'll undermine her and she's like thought we had this conversation about listening to me and he's like what is listening <laughs> and then she teaches him a very important lesson about listening and then the next episode the same thing happens again so we've seen this like this trend of him learning to be a better person like over and over and over again and then it turns out he's also been lying to her the entire time like I think if you're going to do try to keep this character likable to like some of the audience, you have to pick one or the other. Like either he's holding this big secret in that's that, you know, him not selling her kind of makes him a jerk or he continues to mess up over and over and over again. And she has to teach him stuff. But like the combination of both of those things at once is like pretty deadly to his likability. <laughs> Yeah, the one thing I thought was uh, new information for me about Monel in this episode is that he basically says that he didn't know that his behavior uh, from the way he acted on Daxum, he he didn't think that his behavior, like he didn't know, like he he was ignorant to the fact that his behavior was bad. So I think for me, I try to think about that in terms of like his, his, his having to learn the lessons on earth is that, you know, I was trying to think about it from his perspective of how like he on Daxum was this selfish prince who got whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. And he, that for him, that was just the way life was. He had no concept of, uh, being uh, sacrificial for someone else, helping someone else, um, doing something for someone else. Like that was just not in the way that they thought. Um, and that's kind of a foreign concept to me that, that, you know, for somebody to act like that. So I, I had a hard time wrapping my brain around that, but, but I can sort of see like when he comes to earth and he does meet Kara, who is all of those things, you know, uh, helpful to other people who sacrifices herself for other people, that would be a jarring change for him. And it would be like, Whoa, what is this? So I, I tried to, um, understand from his perspective, like what he, would have realized when he met her and when he started learning things from her. But yeah, I do agree that the Wynn and Lyra stuff is a little bit of a different situation. Um, and speaking of Wynn and Lyra, what did you think about their, um, uh, their 
art gallery um, situation where she <laughs> is going around stealing all these famous paintings. I really, I liked the Wynn and Lyra stuff this, ep- this episode. I thought for me, I, I, like my, my mileage with Monel, I, I think ha- has run out. I think the tank is empty on, uh, on my patience for that character. I think I, I mentioned like a couple of podcast episodes ago that I went from like mon positive to like mon neutral. And now I'm like firmly mon negative. Like, <laughs> So when it when it uh, when the preview showed that it was going to be kind of a heavy Monel episode, like my thought process was, oh god. Mm. Uh, so this and and there was some good stuff in that definitely in, in that storyline, but the the Win and Lyra stuff was so much lighter, so much funnier, and I thought they utilized the cast in like a really good way uh, that I really enjoyed. So you have like. When uh, realizing that Lyra kind of has duped him and set him up as a fall guy. Uh, so you get some Maggie in there. Uh, you get Alex in there. You get um, even some a little bit of John. And I, I like the way that they used James, actually. Uh, we got some good Guardian in a way that made sense to me. Like, I think my... We talk about the Guardian stuff uh, a lot, but to me, this is an episode where I understood why Guardian was there, which is uh, most of my challenge with him. Like, a lot of times he'll show up and I'm like, why? Why are you here? And and I think I've said a couple of times, I think it would just make more sense if Guardian just becomes, like, affiliated with the DEO or is, like, working with the DEO because – I, I think I mentioned one time that I thought, you know, why do you need Guardian in a world that has Supergirl? Right. And somebody pointed out, like, well, like, nobody mentions that about Alex. And I realized, like, two things, which is that, like, I never even questioned that Alex could, like, kick butt as much as Kara, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> she doesn't even have a, like a, a super suit or a, a, like a sick shield like he does. Well, and she was uh, doing that in this episode when they yeah, went to the yeah. trailer park. Exactly. She was so cool. And like, I never question uh, like Alex Danvers doing cool things that just seems normal. <laughs> but like, I think it also has to do with the fact that she's like a DEO agent and like it's her job and she's like, you know, she can be tasked somewhere and there's like intelligence, like operations. She's not just like a vigilante on the street, like beating people up. I think it would make more sense if like, I mean, he can keep his cool guardian suit, but like, what if he just like worked with the DEO? I think that would make, and it would bring him in on storylines that are like DEO storylines. Cause he could be going in there like with Alex. Yeah. Cause he's already kind of doing things with them anyway. So that that would make sense. And the the thing that the only thing that I would agree that Guardian was used well in this episode, but the only thing that I thought was very strange was at the beginning during uh, Queen Rhea's uh, announcement on the television screens, they had a shot of, you know, they, they go around and show everybody watching the message. Oh, my God, I was going to point this out, too. And... James is in his office at Catco, which used to be Cat Grant's office. And, Does and he live there? I, is that where he's living now? I don't know, but he had like a tank top on. And I was like, that doesn't look like I feel office. like we're going to find out that he's been sleeping under his desk like George Costanza <laughs> in that episode of Seinfeld. I mean, it did not look like office attire. I mean, maybe no. they're maybe they're more, you know, relaxed now. <laughs> 
but casual casual Friday nights. <laughs> but I mean, he, you know, that's a he's he's kind of a he's the boss there. I feel like I don't know. I feel I'm like wor- he's. I'm kind of worried about him now. Like, is that where he's staying? Like, what's going on? Well, he <laughs> there is a couch in that office, isn't there? You would think that he would like be getting paid like a pretty good salary as the acting CEO of Catco, but I mean, maybe you the co- would, you would think that he'd be able to afford to not live in that office. <laughs> maybe the cost of living in National City has skyrocketed <laughs> just through the roof with all of the uh, the aliens and all of the uh, supervillains that have been running around. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it was just so strange because normally James is dressed in like a like a nice dress shirt with a with a tie. But I was like, what is he doing in his office? Like, I, that really took me out of it. It was just very, very strange. Especially because we see, like, we see, like, Car and Monel like, watching movies. We see Alex and Maggie, like, asleep on the couch, all curled up. And then it goes over to James, just in his office. No explanation. <laughs> and it seems like this was happening at night. Yeah, it was definitely happening at night. They were like full scale. As- Alex and Maggie were full scale asleep. I mean, maybe they were taking a nap during the day. I mean, yeah, we, we don't know what time. Nice, like a like a sweet day nap or something. But <laughs> I had questions. <laughs> but if James is at Catco at night wearing his tank top, I don't know what he's doing. I burning the midnight oil, doing whatever it is that Catco does. <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of questions about what James does at Catco. Me too. I um, wanted, I wanted like an entire episode that's just like a day in the life of James, and like we see in the background all the other characters like doing stuff, and then James is just doing like really monotonous paperwork and like <laughs> balancing budgets. <laughs> I would actually be into that. Because because then we would actually get some story from James that would Poor be James. refreshing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the I, I did like the Wen and Lyra stuff. Um, I, I thought it was good for the character of Wen, you know, talking about characters who need stories and need more screen time. I thought Wen had a good uh, emotional interaction with Lyra and having to deal with her lying to him and betraying him and how he dealt with it. So it was it was good to see more story for when. And I, I have to say that moment when like um what was it? When Cara uh, like did her little super friend song back in action. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, so good. Like that that's the kind of like I I I understand that they've got like a lot of pots in the in the like the fire this year. Um a lot of stuff is happening, but like just like lighter storylines like that every now and then are so fun to watch. And like the way that they utilize so many of the characters in this one, uh, I thought was, was like a good sign that maybe they're getting the balance a little bit more down. I mean, we did lose a couple of, uh, of small, small characters, I guess. So maybe they can focus more. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree. So many characters. I, I would agree with that because I was really happy to see the way Maggie was used in this episode with the Wen and Lyra storyline because oh, yeah, that, she was and sh- her and Alex were so funny. I think uh, I didn't realize that like Maggie interacting with Wen was like a thing I needed in my life. And now <laughs> I need so much more of it. Well, I liked it because Maggie was not with Alex. Like that was nice. It was so refreshing because like for most of her time on the show, she has been linked to Alex 
And it's so nice to actually see Maggie on her own as her own character doing her cop thing that Maggie Sawyer is known for in the comics and other other media. It was so nice to get to see Maggie Sawyer, the cop, doing her job. Like, that was awesome to me. You know, I mean, I I, I think the scenes with her and Alex are, are great. They're, you know, portrayed really well. But it's nice to see Maggie on her own doing stuff. So I really appreciated that they were using her well. I like to see Maggie as a character on this show, not just a love interest on this Mm -hmm. show. Uh, I think that's, you know, uh, Mon-El is in everything uh, and he's a love interest. Why can't we get Maggie like interacting with other characters uh, besides Alex, like I love the Alex and Maggie stuff. Obviously I always want more of that, but I like her interactions with Wynn in this episode were classic. Like the way that those two characters played off of each other was so funny. Um, So, I mean, I would like to see her get more integrated with like just the overall group and have, you know, maybe another episode where she's like interacting with James or, or just interacting with Kara or interacting with, you know, um, John or something. Like there are so many different like groupings of characters. And I feel like, Maybe one of the problems is that we only ever see the same characters interact. Like we don't. That's a good point. A of, we don't see a lot of di- like different groupings. Like um, yeah, combinations of yeah, characters. combinations yeah. of characters. And and it's and, and it's fun to do that because you see different sides of the characters when they're not always in the same. Basically, when you're not always seeing the same relationship over and over again. And it makes the episodes feel fresh. So I I think that's a really great point, and um. When you were talking about that, I was like, you know, that would be cool to see Maggie and Kara team up, like have a Maggie and Supergirl team up episode. Like, I'm just pitching this out there. Free idea, Supergirl writers. Um, Alex somehow gets kidnapped and Maggie and Supergirl have to go find her. Just, oh my god! Just putting I'm it like, out there. I mean, Alex. Could, I'm so excited just by that idea of Al- that episode. I'd watch that so hard. Yeah, that's great because, like, I feel like every time we see even her, like, in the same room with Supergirl or with Kara, they have like a really fun, like, they have a really fun relationship, like, they're a really fun dynamic, and I like to see more of that. Yeah, I, I think that that's a really good point. I think that would that would bring breathe some new life into the show if you, if you did sort of have different combinations of characters. And this episode did a good job of that. Uh, so I, I think I'd like to see more of that. And um, I did think it was funny with Wynn, um, since we were kind of still talking about him, that he actually refers to the unnamed alien dive bar as the alien bar. Yeah, like... Does it not have a name? I'm just, I'm so concerned about the unnamed alien bar. They just call it alien bar? Is that, is it the name of the bar alien bar? You you would think that, you know, Wynn goes there all the time. But it seemed like it was like an underground thing. Like in the first couple episodes when like Maggie takes Alex there, she's like, oh, there's a lot of aliens here. You wouldn't think that she would be surprised by that if it was called alien bar. (laughs) Yeah, that sort of gives it away. Uh, I mean, it's sort of, it's, yeah, exactly. That's sort of showing your hand. Yeah. So the fact that a guy, a character who goes to this bar all the time doesn't know the official name for it, then I, I guess there is no official name. I don't know. I just thought it was really weird. He called this it the is, alien bar. This is to me the biggest mystery of the season. <laughs> I, I just, um, I don't know. Tweeting the writers. <laughs> this this is this is a concern. So I he calls it the alien bar. 
Um, I kind of still like the unnamed alien dive bar. I still like that as the name. Um, but we can shorten it to alien bar if we want to go by winds uh, referring to it uh, as such. But uh, I wonder if it's like one of those like super trendy bars that like doesn't have a name. It's just got like a symbol like outside or something. And maybe the symbol is just like a little alien face. <laughs> that would <laughs> like be, a little alien head. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. And, you know, I, I do kind of like the minimalistic approach where they don't have to have a fancy name. They just yeah. call it what it is. Like, if you're in the know, you know where it is. You know Alien Bar. But, like, <laughs> my question is, if you're on Google Maps <laughs> and you need to get to the unnamed Alien Bar, what do you type in? Like, what? how do you get there? What do you... <sighs> I guess you just, maybe you just don't. Like, maybe it's, like, one of those bars that's, like, in the back of, like, a hot dog shop and you have to have the password or something. I mean, surely it has an address. They have to, like, ha- keep stock. I mean, maybe I'm thinking too much into this, this but, like. People listen to Supergirl Radio for, for hard-hitting discussions like this. I mean, don't they have to, like, restock their their drinks and their food and. Deliveries come to the, yeah. Where the deliveries should go to an address. So surely there is an address that they, you could put into Google Maps. I don't know. So many questions. I have, I have so many questions about the unnamed alien bar. So many questions, and we're not getting any answers. We've no. been we've been asking this question for a long I feel like time. The mystery is just deepening. Yeah, it's just getting worse. To it, it's getting worse. Uh, we're not getting any answers about the alien bar, but uh, so that's it. that's interesting though. We we do have a character referencing the bar as the alien bar and not actually giving it a name. So very very uh, uninformative. <laughs> uh, so there is that. Oh, I had another question. Do you oh. think that we're going to still see Lyra? Like, do you think that that's like, is she still going to be a character on this show? Or? I don't know. It's didn't it seem like Lyra and Wen are are still a thing. It did. I, I I couldn't tell if they were like getting back together, or if he had just like kind of forgiven her, or, like wasn't mad at her, or if she was going to go like leave with her brother because she, she mentions at some point like they're gonna go and he's like you should stay but she didn't say like i will yeah i don't know i, d- I don't have enough information to make an informed guess um i assumed that she is still going to be in the picture um i assumed that now everything was cool between them that they would still be be an item but that's a good point. Maybe she's like, "Hey, I have my brother back. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving." Uh, so I don't know. I don't know if we'll see more of Lyra. Uh, but now we know her brother, and yeah. maybe we'll see more from him. Uh, so I don't know. That's a good question. I felt like the uh, the ending was like a little bit. It, it wasn't settled, which I was fine with. But I was wondering, like, you know, are we still? Is she still going to be around, is, or is she actually going to leave with her brother? I guess we'll find out. Pretty soon. If, if Wynn seems really sad, we'll know that she left. Right. <laughs> well, and I think Lyra brings some story potential for Wynn, not just in terms of romance, but for him getting to know alien cultures. You know, they talk about Starhaven and him wanting to go to some of these places. Like, that could open up stories for Wynn for him to uh, learn about those cultures and taking <laughs> space trips. Uh, space field trips if he wanted to uh, I'm, I'm sure that's a, a possible storyline so I 
I, if it was me, if it was my show, if I was writing this story, it would be a terrible written, terribly written show because I'm not a good writer. But if I would, I don't know. You did come up with that Supergirl and Maggie idea, which I think we're gonna like. We're gonna write an email and pitch. Well, I need, I, I need, that we know there. <laughs> I need to really work through that. Uh, that pitch. It? I gotta workshop it because I don't like the idea of her being, you know, kidnapped like a like a damsel in distress. Like Alex could, you sh- she could handle herself. But like, if there was something that Alex had to go do. And she somehow got into a spot of trouble. Uh, maybe not. Maybe kidnapped her a hostage. Maybe that's not the right way to go about it. We'll 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 work through the details. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna workshop this. Worksh- workshop <laughs> don't you, it. Don't you worry, Supergirl writer. <laughs> I'm sure they're very concerned about where we land with this idea. We haven't ironed it out yet. We don't have all the details. Uh, we'll think through it. But uh, but if it was my show, I would leave Lyra as a possibility for the future. Um, I would not get rid of her, but it's not my show. So I don't know what they're going to do with her, but I, I think it would be fun to, to keep her around. Yeah, definitely. So what did you think about this episode uh, in, in terms of the overall quality? what did you think about it? I liked it. Um, I liked the, the win Lyra, you know, Maggie, Alex, all of the, the other characters sort of bonding together to get Wynn out of this uh, mess of kind of his own creation. Um, I liked that storyline a lot better than I liked some of the da- make Daxum great again uh, <laughs> stuff, <laughs> which, oh God. Um, but yeah, cause the, I feel like the problem is I, I think that if we had recorded this Monday night, I would be maybe a little bit more positive about the episode. Like I do feel like, the fact that they got back together a second later does undercut like the power of the actual episode. Cause the whole episode is about her, you know, being really angry about this and being like really hurt and, and coming to this conclusion that, you know, she can't be with him. It's not a good idea. Um, and then, so like the whole, I feel like that whole storyline kind of got undercut by her immediately getting back together with him. Um, so I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm excited to see more Terry Hatcher. I will say that I will <laughs> say, uh, all the Terry Hatcher and, uh, and Hercules, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that part of the Daxum storyline. I, I, some of the other stuff I don't, I don't know. I don't know about, I thought we got, uh, at least a little bit of a break from the, uh, Cara Monel romance, but it was not to be. <laughs> yeah, I, what I wasn't crazy about the uh, the quick turnaround for Kara and Monel after this episode uh, because I did like um, seeing Kara stand up for herself and what she felt like she deserved. Like she she says, you know, I, I don't I, sh- I shouldn't be lied to. Like it, it was it's always nice to see Kara standing up for herself as Kara Danvers and not just necessarily Supergirl. Like she's really brave and and can go after supervillains and Supergirl, but when she's Kara, I think it takes, for her personally, it takes a little more courage for her to stand up for herself. So I like getting to see those moments with her that she knew that 
she needed to put her foot down at this point. And so I would agree that the, the quick turnaround does undercut that. And so that that's an unfortunate timing situation. Uh, but it was nice to see in this episode. And I did really like the Terry Hatcher, Queen Rhea stuff. I uh, look forward to seeing more of her uh, because she, <laughs> she did play a really uh, snotty, not-so-friendly uh, mother of the boyfriend. I really enjoyed that. So I hope to get to find out more about the Daxamites and what they're going to do if they're going to hang around. And um, what she, because she's been billed as this like second half big bad of the season. So I can't imagine why at this point. So I'm very cu- curious to see where where a Queen Rhea goes from here because it was pretty cool. I really enjoyed that one shot where like she, sh- the, I guess she like sort of teleports into the DEO and shows up in her all all of her like regalia. I was like, oh, that's a that's a that's cool. So I, I enjoyed seeing her kind of mix things up in the DEO. So, uh, yeah, I would agree that the, uh, Terry Hatcher portions of this episode were probably my favorite. Uh, but I think that's going to do it for our discussion. So let's find out what our listeners had to say about Starcrossed. Okay. So we got some, um, some tweets from people about this episode. Um, at Patty Mello 20 said, as much as I love Amy Adams and Erica Durant, Terry Hatcher still is my favorite Lois. The show has blessed me so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. That's so true. Sorry, that's that's not part of the tweet. I'm adding that in there. No, no, we should. I, I feel like anytime you say blessed, the hashtag has to be in there now. <laughs> uh, I feel like, I feel like the internet ha- as it has so many things has ruined that. So, <laughs> hashtag blessed. Um, as Stormtrooper775 said, would have loved to have seen Hatcher and um, Kane together again. Um, yeah, that's uh, they were in the same episode technically, but they weren't by each other. I, I, I have a feeling it's coming. I, w- I wouldn't pass it up, so I'm, I'm still hel- holding out hope for it. I feel like this show has not been letting us down in the guest star department, so I feel like, how do you overlook that one, right? <laughs> you, you can't. I, I just, I, I don't think it's possible. Um, at the Postite says, how do you guys think they'll do the inevitable Dean Kane Terry Hatcher on-screen reunion? They seem so far apart story-wise. So, so what do you think, Morgan? Do you, do you have any ideas? I don't know. I feel like they could just do it like almost like just them being in the same scene. Like for some reason, Jeremiah is like back, um, like to- maybe towards the end of the season and Terry Hatcher is doing something evil and he's like with the rest of the family, like staring her down. I don't know. Uh, or maybe maybe she decides to kidnap Jeremiah because that's like a thing that villains like to do apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and she just maybe what happens is that every season Jeremiah gets kidnapped by a different person. And and the, then after he's kidnapped, they're like, oh, we got to go find Jeremiah. And then and, they forget about and him then they, for like a really long time. <laughs> then they don't go after him for like six, seven episodes. And then all of a sudden they decide they're going to go track him down. That's totally what's going to happen for season three. Um, yeah, no. We're call- S- since Carly's not here, we're calling it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're making all the predictions in this episode. Um, yeah, I initially thought maybe it would be like a Project Cadmus situation but now i have no idea how they will do the dean kane terry hatcher reunion so uh i i 
uh, I await being surprised. It could be a Cadmus thing. Like maybe they're trying to kill aliens again and, and she's an alien. That's true. Um, so at the devil, Jackie said, car sticking up for herself. Maggie, Wynn, Guardian, all had great scenes. Terry being a queen, TM. Great, <laughs> great episode, and best of all, they broke up. Oh, poor, poor Jackie. Yeah. Well, there, there, there was that uh, the breakup in the in the episode. We but had that brief moment for for those of us who aren't very uh, excited about that relationship. We had about twenty four hours. Yeah, you had you had some time to relish in it. Always never forget. Um, (laughs) uh, At Chris Fundelinski said, could have watched an entire episode of Meet the Parents, uh, caramel style, felt the heat vision building in Cara's eyes. Yeah, she was a little ticked off. Yeah, she was not happy. Uh, At Mary No Lambs said, wait, Monel being the prince was supposed to be a big reveal. (laughs) I feel like almost everybody predicted that from the beginning. Yeah, everybody but Cara. That's true. <laughs> um, at Jade Mercy said, we all know they'll end up together again, but yes to Kara deciding that she deserves better and isn't here to fix Monel. Um, at Madtown Davison said, I'm glad Kara stood up for herself. Monel should not have lied to her for months. Um, yeah. yeah, and I also didn't appreciate the fact that he, like at the beginning of the episode, he seemed to recognize the cruiser or the spaceship. That was coming oh, yeah. in. And, and, and he like pretended like he had no idea what it was. Yes. And that's one of those things where like I couldn't defend Monel at that point. Like even <laughs> even me who like tries to be positive about it and tries to see things from his perspective. I was like, dude, she went out there. Supergirl flew out there to go in front of that spaceship and it was like firing at her. And they were like firing at her. And he could have just been like. Um, mom, dad, uncool. Yeah, it, I mean, she can... That's my girlfriend. Stop firing at her. She, I mean, she can take it, obviously, with her super invulnerability, but still, like, he should have said something. So, I even, even, I, I couldn't even be a Monel apologist for that moment. Yeah, that was just straight up uncool. Ugh, Monel, why? (laughs) (laughs) Um, At Shop 23 said, Monel lied to Carr about his identity. Not for anything honorable, just for his benefit. Carr deserves better. Hashtag (laughs) Dunnell. Which I'm going to start using a lot. That's pretty clever. (laughs) It's pretty great. Um, At Seal Stan says, Carr enforces boundaries. Wynn needs to get some, and Alex demonstrates how leadership skills differ from anger issues. She did say that. She said, I don't have anger issues. I have leadership skills. I love Alex. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at Kaya Matsui said, uh, this episode had way less Monel than expected. Love it. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> Maggie being a cop and Alex hanging with the boys was amazing. Um, at Coffin Roman said, Alex taught Maggie her win scare tactics well. Love that they both treat him like that annoying little bro. Also, Terry, and then the little emoji with the hard eyes. Hard eye is, emoji. <laughs> yeah, that is, a, that is the accurate, that is the official Terry Hatcher emoji, I think. <laughs> um, at Evil is Answer said, I seriously adore this Alex win Maggie dynamic. He's like the kid brother that they lovingly torture. <laughs> Um, at Jordan, uh, KWKW says, Alex Wynn has always been my bro TP and now Maggie gets in on that action. Sanvers win bro TP. Love their dynamic. 
And at Emo Pengu uh, said, did Alex actually stick up for Monel? Can y'all please talk about Monel's whole by this time the girl loves uh, oh by this time the girl forgives the guy line. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that was uh, that made me like r- rage. I had to like just take a deep breath, like think of something calming. I was like, mm, super corp, super corp, super corp. <laughs> That was that was honestly like again it's it's the scenario where are we like are we supposed to find him like insufferable like I don't really get where are they going with this like from a writing perspective where are they going with this well in trying to think about it how would Monel learn about relationships on Earth he pro- oh, you're right. I think he's watched way too many rom-coms. He he's like, pro- you know, by this mark in the movie. <laughs> yeah, so at the beginning of the episode, he and Kara talk about Game of Thrones and about her Netflix queue because she's watching a lot of Netflix since she's been fired from her job um, and clearly not trying to seek other employment. I don't know what she's doing now. I guess maybe she's, she's a full-time blobber. She's a full-time blobber, and I guess she's maybe she's getting a DEO paycheck. Uh, but they're watching a lot of Netflix. So maybe they're watching some romantic comedies. Maybe they're, you know, because Carl likes classic film, maybe they're watching movies from the 40s and 50s. And those movies would have had storylines like that. And to my disappointment, sometimes uh, sometimes I miss those movies because they were a lot, you know, simpler. And uh, they were, you know, I, I like some of those kind of old romantic movies that were just you know rom-com type stuff so i i sort of have a, a feeling that maybe he's learning about relationships from those movies and so i guess he thinks that that's how things work and, and obviously it's not usually like that in real life those are you know much more uh, dramatized and fictional but to him i guess that's what he thinks so that's him trying to figure out relationships. But it was kind of uh, silly for him to uh, assume that Kara would just forgive him because that's the way the women in those movies act. So, yeah, it was it was questionable. Yeah, I was just like, Monel, you are already on such thin ice. Maybe you should just stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just don't stop it. <laughs> just, yeah, just uh, just cut it out. Um, well, we have an email from Alex who writes, quote, not bad overall, but a bit of a disappointment following last week's Exodus, uh, which was one of the strongest episodes of the year. I'm sorry, but the show is at its best when the Cara Monel love angst is off to the side and not at the center of the plot. I did like the scene near the end where Cara and Wen have their conversation about forgiveness. It's another example of how Wen has become my favorite character of the season. He has grown quite a bit since season one, where he was often on the side pining for Cara. It was refreshing to see him give Cara good advice as a friend about how to deal with her feelings for another guy, something he would not have been able to do last year, unquote. And I agree. Alex, I enjoyed getting to see Wynn be the one who was actually giving out the good advice and being the good friend. Kara uh, seems to be the the kind of character who would do that for Wynn. So it was kind of nice to see Wynn uh, get to flip that around and be the person to do that for her. Yeah, I agree. I think I've said a couple of times that like last season, I, I just had such a problem with Wynn. Uh, like he's basically, you could have just summarized his whole character 
by just saying like friend zone. Like it <laughs> seemed like the only thing that was going on with him ever was that he was pining for Kara and he had like no other personality a- attributes until like pretty late into the season. Uh, so, but I think that they've really turned that around this season. He's been really fun. He's funny. He's like a good comic relief. He's had some nice character development now with the Lyra stuff. And even a little earlier, um, you know, when he was like going to, when he went on the alien planet with them. So I think that this is like, overall, it's been a good win season. Um, I think that they're figuring out how to use that character like effectively and they're doing a good job with it. Yeah, I think Wen has has improved quite a bit. Um, Floby sent us an email asking, "Why is Monel's last name L? Why does a Daxamite share a last name with a Kryptonian family?" That's an excellent question. That is such a good question. I really hope it it comes back around to to Superman um, renaming him. Although it wouldn't make sense in this universe, but I just still want it to be like Superman was like. I've thought of the best name for you. You're Monel now. And he's like, but my name is, he's like, no, no, you're Monel now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They have not, one of the things I don't think they have done very well in the season is the fact that they just named him Monel and it just, nobody questioned it. Nobody questioned like, Hey, Kara's last name has an L in it and you have an L in it. Like nobody has asked about that. So it's, I know. You would think at the very least before they started dating, they would have, like, charted out whether or not they're related. Yeah, it's very, very weird. And I think the the good question is the fact that L seems to be a Kryptonian name because of the House of L. So why would that be associated with a Daxamite? That's an excellent question, which the show has not addressed whatsoever. I feel like I feel like the show never will either. It is going to be um, a mystery. They just, well, I think they were just like, oh, his name's Monel in the comics. And nobody thought to like answer that question. Like nobody thought that like people who either weren't as familiar with the comics or just were looking for some kind of internal logic within the show would be like, wait, why? Wait. <laughs> but, the, but then they, they had his father be his actual name from the comics. So they have to know that the Mon L portion of the name, like I don't know. It's maybe Mon L is his first name, and we're gonna find out he's got a different last name. Like maybe I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying here. It's, I'm, hel- I'm trying to help. There's no. There's no answer. There's, there's no, no answer. We have no answer for you, Floby. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. It is a mystery that we can't even solve. Um, Suara wrote in to share some thoughts, writing, quote, as Morgan. Morgan gets a shout out in this email. As, as Morgan and others have been pointing out, there have been uh, so many character arcs this season that we don't really know what Kara's main storyline really is, besides trying to maintain a journalism career. Don't get me wrong. I still think it, she's been overall amazing this season and she'll always be my favorite character but that problem of her not always taking the lead of her own story was painfully evident in this episode. I can't wait for season three when we'll hopefully see her have a more fully fleshed out arc, unquote. And I I would agree. I think the fact that, like, now she doesn't even have the journalism. Oh, I know. What is she doing? She's just blobbing and watching TV. (laughs) But wouldn't that be a good storyline, too, if she did, like, if she made Danvers.com like a media empire. Like what if she followed in the footsteps of Cat Grant and like built Danvers.com from the ground up and it became a thing? What if she built Danvers.com up 
and it became a huge media empire. And then she is like facing off with like James for <laughs> with Catco, and suddenly they're like they're friends, but they're also business enemies. Like that would <laughs> at least be something for him to do, and it would explain why he's always at work because he's got you know he's got a hustle, <laughs> got to get those numbers up. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're just we're all these are free ideas. Take it, take it, take them or leave them. Uh, yeah, that that would uh, that would be something. It would be something. Uh, we have an email from a listener um, who writes: I've recently got into watching Smallville due to one character, Lena Luther. On Supergirl, we all know her story of how she's basically the white sheep of the Luther family. Right now, we have a strong friendship between Lena and Kara and Lena's alliance with Supergirl. I know the two shows are unrelated, although they share the same network. I can't help but notice the parallels between Lex and Lena, especially the first two seasons of Smallville with Lex and his friendship and loyalty to Clark and the Kents. What I've been wondering is if the Supergirl writers are setting us up for Lena's fall from grace. I get there's people wanting her to be a villain because of her being a Luther, but that's also why I don't want her to go bad. Lena arrived to National City and was set out to do good, and everyone in Kara's circle judged her. Uh, the same as Lex, who first got to Metropolis, and Clark would stick up for him um, whenever someone said anything negative about his friend. As a super corpse shipper, it does make me nervous because I like the idea of Kara and Lena being more than what we have on the show. The possibility of Lena betraying Kara or Supergirl makes me feel kind of sad because of what it will do to Kara. It will be interesting how we make that journey there. Uh, so I think both Rebecca and I uh, come from the trenches of having watched <laughs> much Smallville over uh, many years. Um, so as soon as they started doing this, uh, as soon as they announced that Lena was going to be a character, I was already like, yes, it's Clark and Lex, the sequel. <laughs> and, <laughs> and although it hasn't had all that much um, screen time this season, I mean, really, there has to be something about, like, people from the House of Bell and Luther's having, like, uncomfortable amounts of chemistry. Like, it must be, like, written into a contract somewhere that that has to be the case, where you have to be like, wait, are they just friends, or what's happening here? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, I definitely see the uh, the Clark and uh, the Clark and Lex, Tara and Lena um, parallels. And I think that actually, you know, we, I personally rag on Smallville all the time because I, you know, I took like 10 years of my life, but <laughs> that I'm never getting back. But <laughs> if that show did one thing right, it was that that relationship between Clark and Lex was so good and so... Um, you know, multifaceted. And so when they would fight or when they would have a falling out, like you really cared, you really felt for both of those characters. You really saw where both of them were coming from. Um, and it kind of broke your heart. So, I mean, if they are going to go to a dark Lena place, I feel like they, that's why they definitely need to build that friendship up. But it has to be more of a focus because if she, if, if Lena went like evil at the end of the season, I mean, I would be sad personally because I love Lena, uh, but I would just be like, eh, like it wouldn't be like a heartbreaking betrayal for for what we've seen of the Cara Lena relationship so far because like there's not a lot there um, besides you know what's what's on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they need to uh, develop that some more and make that really substantial and. Um, 
this it's very interesting that this listener says uh, getting into Smallville through Lena Luther because Lena doesn't technically show up until season eight through. Oh, you got a long way through listener. Tess Mercer. <laughs> so, uh, but but there's some good Clark and Lex stuff uh, throughout those those first <laughs> uh, seven seasons before you even get to season eight. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that you do need to build out that relationship between Lena and Cara Moore. So hopefully we'll get to see that now that Katie McGrath is going to be around for season three. Yay. And our last email comes from Davey, who wrote in to clear up some confusion, uh, specifically my confusion, about the National City Tribune. Uh, writing, quote, in case you need a refresher on what to look for regarding the National City Tribune, one of the first things that Kat has Cara do in the pilot is prepare termination notices for several employees of the paper. Kat even says the word Tribune, something to which Cara verbally objects and almost gets herself fired over, unquote. Oh, I forgot about that literally entirely. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. And that's why I have so many, I have so many questions. Like, if if that was built into the show, if the canon of the show, why didn't they just have Kara become a reporter for the Tribune instead yeah. of dealing with this Catco magazine situation? So, yeah, so like if the Tribune is like like Catco owns the Tribune, what? Oh boy, I have more questions now. Uh, the 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 deeper we dig, Morgan, <laughs> the worse it's it like gets. The alien bar. Yes, it's exactly like that. It's like the more we question it, the worse it gets. <laughs> it's uh, like sand through our fingers, Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, but thank you, Davey, for clearing that up. Um, I had forgotten about that. So that's at least good to know that the Tribune <laughs> could have been an option. So maybe maybe Cara will like get her stuff together after her Netflix benching is finished and she can update her resume, and go and try to get a reporting gig for the Tribune. Um, before we wrap up our feedback, we have some lightning round questions. Yay! Yay. Do we do we need to name the lightning round questions other than lightning round? Should should we have like a, like, should we call it like a super speed round? Like, should it be like a, a Supergirl-related name? I've been thinking about I like, that. I feel like it should, but I don't feel like I'm creative enough right now to think up one. Okay, well, if anybody... I mean, if listeners have a good idea, like a good name for the lightning round... Like, I, I, feel, I feel like we need a special name for the lightning round questions. The I think only, so, too. The only thing that I could come up with would be, like, the super speed round, because, you know, Supergirl has super speed. But if anybody has any ideas, put them forth, because I think we need a name. We want to hear them. Um, so these ones, I think, I guess all of them are from yes. Truffle Munchies, which is a solid Twitter name. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, first first lightning round question. Uh, Flash Supergirl crossover on Earth-1 or Earth-38? Earth-38. Yeah, I'm going Earth-38, too. Because haven't we seen a lot of them on Earth-1? Uh, well, no, I guess it's pretty split now. Yeah, it's even out now. The first one, Flash came to Supergirl's world. And then in the musical crossover, sh well, they were in a dream well, the world. Show, in the fourth show, I mean, I guess the technically three show, they were on <laughs> one, right? So we should do 38 just to even it out. I think so. <laughs> Would you rather have a superhero suit made by Cisco or made by Wynn? Cisco. Yeah, I'm going to go Cisco on this one, too. <laughs> <laughs> 
rough. Sorry, Win. Uh, better date location, Jitters or Noonan's? Uh, that's the cafe from Supergirl season one. Uh, Noonan's. Really? I'm going Jitters. Mm, mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Supergirl versus Gorilla Grodd or The Flash versus a white Martian. Supergirl versus Gorilla Grodd. You got to go Supergirl versus a gorilla. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> All right, last one. What's the better uh, HQ, the DEO or Star Labs? The DEO. Star Labs. Oh. I know. Interesting. I surprised even myself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's what... because of the treadmill. Like, I feel like all workplaces oh. should have a workout room. That's true. They do have a track there. Yeah. They have that. They have the track and the treadmill. Mm, interesting. Um, well, that's going to do it for our listener feedback section. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play and iHeartRadio, and we have a literal Supergirl radio on Spotify, so you can check out our playlist over there. And we're listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash forward slash DC dash fans. And we're also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you've got some time, uh, we would encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And we're a part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, and classic DC TV show, shows, sorry, <laughs> oh, I was doing so good. Well, <laughs> we, we, had, we had like a week off. So. I know, I got rusty, I yeah. got rusty. Poof. Okay, subscribe to our DC TV Podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcast on Facebook. And I would like to apologize if any of the listeners subscribe to us through the mega feed. The mega feed has been having some issues that we're trying to figure out. So if uh, if you would like to, in the meantime, just subscribe to Supergirl Radio. Uh, until we can get the the mega feed handled, uh, j- just FYI, uh, there have been some mega the mega feed has been causing mega feeds some, is having some mega issues. Mega issues, uh, but uh, you can follow you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid. That's D E R B Y K I D. I'm also on Instagram at the Derby Kid. That's T T H E D E R B Y K I D. And you can watch videos of mine over at YouTube.com/slash DuckMilkProd. And I am currently trying to shoot and edit a series of videos on batman v superman dawn of justice if you are into that i know i've been talking about that for you know probably six eight months uh that i was i did not realize you liked that movie you know i mean new information you've been holding out i like it okay i mean it's all right (laughs) Um, but I have, you know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, would you do a commentary? Would you, you know, so there, a lot of people have kind of been asking me to do things and I, and I've wanted to do something about it on my own for a little while. So, uh, I'm finally getting my act together and shooting and writing and recording voiceovers and such. So, um, uh, definitely subscribe to my YouTube channel if you are into that, cause I'll, I'll be, I'll be doing a, a couple, of, I mean, a, a good handful of videos. I'm doing stuff on some character stuff, some cinematography, um, talking about the critical reception, uh, talking about what I find hopeful about it. So it, it'll, it'll be a nice video series that I'll kind of roll off 
uh, roll out over a couple of weeks. So if you're into that, uh, stay tuned. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. Uh, you can find some of my writing on Buddy TV, and you can also find me. I'm a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, um, so you should definitely check that out because that's a fun one. Yeah, because even if you don't watch it, you should definitely yeah. listen to the podcast. It's true. Like, watch the show or don't, but definitely listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure that Legends of Tomorrow, like the show, would be super happy about our catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> that I've coined on here and haven't told my other co-hosts about. <laughs> um, it's funny. We, we did like a little like survey of our listeners on the Legends of Tomorrow uh, podcast. And we had, uh, as our last question, it was like... Um, come up with like a, a drink based off of the legends like the characters on the show and some of the answers were just like hysterical i'm like so excited i think we're gonna read some of them off pretty soon well and if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section from us we'll be doing that after our theme music but until then i'm still rebecca johnson and i'm still morgan glennon and you can't make daxum great again because daxum was never great killer in the universe will take their shot. I'll just take him out one by one. I'm gonna need an alien cleanup on aisle three. You work here as a surgeon. I'm a mixologist. I'm the girl of steel. I don't bend, I don't break, I don't stand down for anyone. I'm sorry! I had that coming. Supergirl. All new this Monday at 8, 7 central on The CW. And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Distant Sun. The official description reads, quote, A large bounty is put out on Supergirl, and aliens from far and near attack National City intent on taking out the Woman of Steel. Alex and Maggie run into Maggie's ex-girlfriend, Emily, guest star Haley Sales, who is in town for a week. Hank gets an interesting order from President Marsden, guest star Linda Carter, unquote. Uh, so, Morgan, what what in this uh, description is exciting to you? So many things. I think the first thing is that this is one of the, uh, the episodes directed by Kevin Smith. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that because he uh, seemed like he was really excited to direct this episode. And everybody seemed like really excited to have him come on and direct. Um, also, Linda Carter. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And I'm also I'm really ex- I'm really interested about the the Alex and Maggie stuff because if I remember correctly and I I rarely do but wasn't <laughs> Emily the um like the girl that she was dating right before um right before Alex who like thought she, said she was crazy or something or said she was like psychotic Did we get a name for her? 
I don't remember. And that's what I'm wondering, like, are we going to get the backstory on, like, why that breakup was so bad? Yeah, that seems like a weird relationship. Yeah, that seems like a a weird thing to just throw out there. (laughs) Yeah, if, if that's the same chick... That's that's a uh, that could be for an interesting story, if that's who that is. Uh, but yeah, I think I am most excited about Linda Carter coming back because the first time we saw her, the first and only time we saw her, it was revealed there was like a little twist at the end that she actually President Marsden was an alien, like a shape shifting alien of sorts. So we don't have any more answers about her. what what's her deal. What what is yeah, her deal? How did she become president if she is an alien? <laughs> so what is her story? So that I think is I, I want some answers. Hopefully this this episode will give us some answers on her story. Yeah, like I want to know, did she shape shift into the current president? Yes, and good like, question. Or was she an alien all along? Like. We have some real questions. I, I also, okay, so because Carly isn't here, and it, it is tradition, I'm going to make a prediction Uh-oh. that the large bounty put out on Supergirl, Terry Hatcher. <gasps> I like it. <laughs> I like it. We miss you, Carly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right, I like it. All right, well, we'll have to see if that comes uh, to fruition and it probably won't. Distance I'm, that. Usually, I'm pretty bad at this. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm terrible at it. I'm the one who was like, oh, I don't know. I, I believe Monel's story. So I have <laughs> I have no room to talk. So uh, that's a that's a good guess. It's a good guess because we don't know who is after Supergirl in this episode. So uh, lots of questions, lots of questions about this next episode. So that that's. I think that's good. Anytime I have a question, that's a, that's a good thing. It, it makes me want to come back and see the next episode. Well, I think that's going to do it for our spoiler section. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.